I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, up and way home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I fake a smile, no. Welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bats podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, the podcast, as always, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and literally everywhere. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set against the Baltimore Orioles and are now five and a half games back of the first place New York Yankees. I am Terry Cushman and I'm joined, as always, by Jeremy Schilling and Stephanie Allen. How are you guys? Doing well. I just wanted to take a quick minute to say happy Father's Day to Jeremy, happy Father's Day to my husband, and to all the baseball dads out there, a huge happy Father's Day. Same uh on the Father's Day uh, thing. Uh, Terry, I am better than expected. Ooh. Well, we swept a fucking baseball team, I would hope so. The Orioles. <laughs> okay. uh, we're using the term baseball team kind of loosely. <laughs> True. I, look, I mean, here's here's my here's my opening thought on that. Anybody who's gonna get all geeked out about this Orioles series, and I hate to be like start with an, kind of an overtly negative point, but everyone who's like, we're back. This thing's you know we're we're rolling. It's like, dude, we literally beat the team that probably could not beat Pawtucket. And then, and, and the last time we went through this was the Royals, who's the, if not the worst team, the uh, competing for the second worst team with the Orioles. We we came back and was that the Rays series where they just whooped our ass? So, it, it the, who the team, who the wins are coming against matters, and I'm I'm happy that they did with what I predicted they would do, which was sweep the Orioles. But at the same time, I, I'm skeptical moving forward that that this means they're you know quote unquote back. But anyways, well, we're gonna have a, an immediate uh, test against the Minnesota Twins, exactly. which we will get into, and that's looking like a very tough series, much like I thought the uh, Texas series would look like, only maybe a little bit more explosive. But we'll definitely uh, get into that towards the end of the show. Um, So, uh, Jeremy, uh, why don't you just uh, lead us off with your hero for the uh, uh, Orioles series? Sure. Um, This, uh, I mean, a lot of good things happened here, and we were told by someone who sets the rules around here, apparently, that we could not choose Xander or Devers. So, with the rules in place... Oh, I didn't know that was a rule. I I was just being sarcastic. Oh, oh. oh, 
I saw the sarcasm didn't come through in the oh, text I'm message. Sorry. No, I didn't even good. know the rule, so there's that. <laughs> good for her. Uh, I, uh, and for reasons that I talked about on uh, Thursday night, this was a hugely important start. Um, Price shit the bed uh, in the last game um, of the. I'm spacing it. Oh, oh, the Rangers series. And this, and I predicted, I actually requested Erod go pitch six. Well, he did one better. He pitched seven. Six hits, one run, one earned, zero walks, which for Erod's pretty good. Obviously, uh, that can be a problem for him. He did give up the home run, uh, you know, lowered his ERA to 4.67, which just goes to show you how bad he was early. But, um, you know, he threw 114 pitches, and there's going to be some commentary from people like Terry, uh, just to go out and say it right away, that uh, why is he in the seventh inning of a game where they're literally just curb stopping the Orioles? Well, I I would if it was Sale, I would say that. If it was Price, I would say that. If it was Avaldi, I would say that. I wouldn't say it with Porcello, who has literally zero durability issues. And I wouldn't say it in this start given the fact that it's Erod, just because of how important it was to limit who was going to pitch in this game. And as it were, because he was able to get through seven, it was just Lakins and Smith. And by the way, Smith was not good. Um, so it, it, it was a hugely important start, not just to win the game, but also to pitch deep. He did everything that I asked him to do and what I think the Red Sox were going to ask him to do, as highlighted in the podcast Thursday night. Erod's my hero. Yeah, I mean, Sale was starting the next day, so I mean, I wasn't thrilled with with it, you know, because I figured he was going to go at least seven. I think he only ended up going six, but um, but I mean, I'm not. That's not. I have a I have a huge problem with with Sale going deeper into the games, kind of like how you mentioned. But the the funny thing here is is if you go on Twitter. There's a lot of Erod hate going on about him just not still not being the most efficient. I think he was over 110 uh, pitches. He's not, you know, attacking as much. He's kind of nibbling a little bit. I don't really have a problem with it myself because, I mean, he's staying healthy for once and it's still early and he's just one bad base covering mistake over at first from rolling his ankle again. But, um, but I mean, I'm good with Erod. He's a middle-of-the-rotation guy, and that's what he's giving us. And his ERA is 4.67, and it would probably be below 4 right now had it not been for that bad start against the Blue Jays uh, three or four starts ago. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with Erod right now. And we're going to see him, uh, in this, uh, twin series. It's a big game. He shows up for big games. So uh, that's one game I'm looking forward to anyway. Stephanie, any thoughts on, uh, Erod? No, I, I, I like Erod. I think he's been underrated and undervalued and I think he does a great job for us. I, I'm not, I think it's a great pick. Um, uh, my, go ahead. I just wanted to piggyback off one thing Terry said because it was a, a a decent point. Is that <laughs> the efficiency is always a problem with him? And it, you know, Red Sox fans, um, I think rightfully so, are annoyed by the, his inability to finish uh, hitters when he gets ahead. And look, you don't need to strike people out um, to to get 
you know, to put people away. You don't. I mean, if you're up 0-2, a really good two-seamer running away from a right-handed hitter that results in a tap out to second is great. It limits your pitches. It limits having to pitch the next three or four pitches of that specific at bat. Soft contacts, great contact. Um, I, I, for whatever reason, he this guy loves to get ahead and then nibble and fight and seemingly seek a strikeout by going outside the strike zone. So it's some like block in his mind because he just can't fix it. And and frankly, if we're being honest, it drives me nuts. So I, you know, this good yeah. point by Terrence there. You know, rare good point there. <laughs> And he, he's got haters now, so I think there is a demographic of Red Sox Nation that's just never going to like him, short of like a Rick Porcello 2016 type situation. Um, but, you know, so be it. Uh, Stephanie, uh, who is your hero? My hero is Marco Hernandez. I love a comeback story, if you will. He came up, he, uh, I think, uh, Garen Ar- Garen uh, quoted him as saying that he would uh, bring a spark, that he would give a spark to the team, and I think he has. Uh, he hit that home run today. Um, he's playing with confidence. You know, he had multiple surgeries, and just to see him back out there and um, contributing, he's my hero. He made a play to, uh, was it today's game? Well, now they're all running together on me. I but know. The, the, there was a a right-handed hitter who who I'll never remember his name because he's not a big league player pushed him <laughs> on to first base, and it was today because Brian yeah. Johnson uh, actually kind of ran, ran it down, but then just missed the play. Right. The ball like went under his glove, which would have been an error, but for Chavis being right there, and then the shock of the play was Hernandez was at the bag with plenty of time. And it was just, and the the broadcast did a good job. That all the credit in the world goes to Hernandez for making that play. I mean, Chavis hit, you know, fielded a ball that was going nine miles an hour. So not a difficult <laughs> play by him. But the fact that he turned around and for, to have Hernandez there, to me, um, was a great sign. One because he's athletic enough to do it. Two, he's obviously healthy if his athleticism allowed him to get over there. And then, you know, the baseball instincts to be there. And then he's contributed offensively. It's it's a small sample size, but in 24 at-bats, he's got six base hits, which is a 250 average, which, by the way, if he solidifies defense at second, I could care less if he hits 250. That's fine. The home right. run, the four RBIs, um, you know, he, his OPS is 750. It's a, it's a super small sample size. Um, but but I do like the player, and I do think that he is making a, a difference. So I agree with your your hero. I think he's another one, though, like Chavis, who comes up and he carries himself like a big league player. Like, he, he's playing and acting like someone who belongs here, and that's refreshing to me. Not like Devers when he first came up and he always looked confused, you know? <laughs> what he, you got, Terry? Well, uh, just more on uh, Hernandez. He had yeah. seven shoulder surgeries between 2017 and this year, and... I didn't really track his progress in the minors because I thought we had so much depth that he might not make it back, you know, without being traded or or whatever. But um, but that was a long journey for him. And I, I remember as he was having those surgeries, you know, and, you know, the setbacks he had and, you know, then there would be another surgery. And, uh, you know, it, it must have been a really painful journey. And, Jeremy, you... You know, that was a great play that you pointed out. And I think Hernandez was about halfway to second. Like, he was about right in between first and second and covered 
a ton of ground to make that play, and it, it was extremely impressive. And then as the game today was, you know, getting late, you know, like sixth, seventh innings, I could kind of feel it slipping from us a little bit. And Remy said in the in the eighth, he, he kind of got a little more amped up than he normally does characteristically. And he says, come on, guys, we need three or four runs. I just feel it. I know we need more runs. This is my homer inning. And that's exactly what he said. <laughs> this is my homer right. inning. And he was kind of cheering him on. And then we ended up losing the lead. And, you know, there we are in the ninth inning. And I'm thinking, well, geez, this sucked. Because we, I didn't really think we were supposed to win today. Means has been extremely tough on us. And we did manage to get to him finally in the in the fifth inning or so. And the, his two previous starts earlier in the year, he just shut us down. And I figured with Johnson going, and you know, it's probably going to be a bullpen day. I just figured this this game just isn't for us. And we haven't been able to get past four games over five hundred. This is the first time we've done that all year. So now we're five games above it. And and then in the ninth inning, I'm like, wow, we blew it, you know, and this team has no balls. It's had no balls all year long. We just, we don't come back. We don't have the same tenacity as last year. And then Marco Hernandez hits a home run, ties it up. And uh, Mookie hit a triple in the next at-bat, and unfortunately we couldn't get him home, but... but we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for Hernandez. So I think that was a good pick. Uh, any Thank more you. thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, you you you. you <clears throat> one thing I will say just on this game, um, means is good. That he has he carries himself really really well. Like man, that guy could be. I'm I'm watching the game going. This guy could be a Red Sox. Like this is the type of guy I like. I mean, you know, pitches with pace. Confident guy. He's got an elite pitch. I mean, he has a plus-plus changeup. There's zero doubt about it. Throws it to every single hitter. Doesn't matter lefty, righty, whether the guy likes it down, up. It doesn't matter. He throws it. And he battled against one of the better lineups in baseball today with five innings pitch, seven hits, two runs, both earned, two walks, which is actually, I think, uncharacteristic for him. And he had the two strikeouts. The thing, and Terry, we were texting during the game, and we both agreed, which never happens, that the only way we were going to win the game is if we could get means out of the game through pitch count. And as the as the game progressed, and they you know it was like two quick outs, and then Xander lines the ball to left. It's like okay, that means something because now he's got to throw another six to ten pitches, and he did. Yeah. And as a result, you know, one they were able to push a, a few across, but then he throws 103 pitches through five, and the Orioles have to take their young pitcher out of the game. So I, you know, it was a it was a quintessential uh, Red Sox win when we're going well because we beat the guy we shouldn't have beat. So, um, you know, and and the thing with that Hernandez play, just getting back to Marco, if he's not there in time with how fast that guy could run, no one's going to be like, I can't believe he didn't make that play. So that's right. just to me, that's what goes to say how outstanding that play truly was. And then he he contributes with the big fly. So um, yeah, I. I we didn't talk about him when we were talking about solidifying second base because I don't, for whatever reason, they were kind of hush about his his yeah, comeback. Yeah, he just wasn't even in the picture. I don't. Yeah, I mean, we I talked don't. about two way Lynn and Nunez, right. and then obviously there's some some moderate discussion about number fifteen, Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> um, but but no one ever, and and I guess the Red Sox were unfazed because they knew he was coming. And if, like I said, if he can hit two fifty and slug seven or OPS seven fifty. 
pencil him in and put him in there three, four times a week. You know, he's and he can play all three, probably play first too. So he provides you a ton of flexibility when you couple him with Holt. And I guess while we're on it, you know, when Moreland gets back, if that's soon or, or even Pierce, tough decision to make if if um, Hernandez is playing well, you know, because so somebody somebody's got to get moved. And uh, I'll get I'll get into my hero here because it's not going to be this guy, uh, Michael Chavis. I commented, I think, I think in a text message to you, Jeremy, I said, you know, he's he's finally starting to get out of his slump. He had a couple of home runs coming into the series. I was a little miffed that Cora would bat him lead off in game one because Mookie was uh, off that night. And uh, it was a, you know, a favorable pitching matchup for us anyway. But Chavis continued to be impressive this series. He went six for 15. Uh, hit a home run, uh, drove in three. Those were all in game one, but he was still getting on base throughout the remainder of the series and uh, scoring runs. And, you know, considering how bad he was just about a week and a half, two weeks ago, really encouraging to see him figuring this out at the major league level. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Terry. I think to see him, you know, fight his way out of it and to come back and to, you know, keep giving effort. And um, I think I saw some quote somewhere where he said that somebody congratulated him on getting out of his first major league slump and hoped that he had many more in his lifetime, right? Which, oh, he, not, not many more, but like, you know, every every good every good player goes through slumps at, at some point. Yeah, and if he has 20 more, he's going to have a long career. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I, I like to see it, and I kind of like him at first more than second, you know, now that we have a ton of depth. Let me just uh, go through some numbers because, I mean, this was a phenomenal series for some players. Devers, 7 for 14, had a home run today. Uh, Holt was 5 for 10 with a home run four RBIs, which was uh, tied for the most, actually. And uh, J.D. was just absolutely phenomenal with three home runs, four RBIs. Nobody was really terrible, you know, throughout the series. Nunez was two for seven, but that was limited at bats. And um, Mookie had like an 0 for five day or something in there. So uh, just, a, just a good series offensively. Everybody swung a, a pretty good bat. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead with your zero. My zero is Sande Leon. Um, you know, he just offers you nothing offensively. He he was 0 for 1 um, in, in the at-bat he got in game 1. Um, and then he got the start in game 2 and was 0 for 3. And one of the reasons why I picked him um, is because in his first or second at-bat, he came up with two outs and I think it was a man on second and I just as I'm sitting there watching the at-bat I'm I'm like there's just no chance he gets a hit (laughs) there's just no chance he gets a hit he was swinging left-handed he pulled the ball foul that was like literally right down the middle and I'm like Jesus Christ like you gotta you got that's a ball you gotta put in play hard and then later on in another at-bat he hit a ball like a thousand feet like at a 12 degree angle from his hip with that went like upper deck, not even like not even within a hundred yards of play. 
and it was another ball like middle middle and i'm just like dude like what what is your attack like you're just so like geeked up and so anyways he goes over four and i understand he means a lot to the pitching staff but it's just kind of frustrating when you know there's not many guys in this lineup now that bradley's been swinging it a little bit and holds back and solidifying the bottom of the lineup and you know we've already talked about marco when he comes up it's like there's just no chance and and i and i he actually walked in the at bat i'm referencing so he got on and actually i think a base hit from bet no 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 bet struck out on the next pitch he had two balls literally right down the middle 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 and then struck out in a slider that was not even in close to the to the uh strike zone so it was just a frustrating at bat by bets which maybe highlights why i was kind of annoyed with leon but it wasn't even anything more than he, he when he hits in in important situations it's to me it's like all right well this isn't going to happen so and look he's an important part of the team because ultimately he means a ton to the pitching staff but you know it just in a series where it was going to be difficult to find a zero i just you know felt it was necessary to highlight how how much he he doesn't do offensively and then on the opposite side of it and i you know not speaking as to his defense but with vasquez went two for five with two runs scored in an rbi didn't play in the game leon started the second game and then today went two for six with two rbis so he was four of 11 on the series and he's you know he's hitting 290 with an 802 ops i mean you know and he had a home run i think on the first yeah game one he hit a home run that was just i mean that was that kind of power is not you know that that was impressive so you know i just frustrated with the juxtaposition between what leon brings offensively and vasquez so anyways that's the leon's my zero uh partially because i just don't like him anyways <laughs> well it's a good thing liz isn't on tonight which cre- She'd yeah which credit to me by the way for credit to me by the way for admitting bias so <laughs> i do it all the time i irrationally hate at least a couple people but um <laughs> stephanie any thoughts on leon i didn't say it was irrational oh i mean it's, it's <laughs> rational hatred because he sucks offensively yes yeah. well actually yeah. hang on he's uh hitting uh yeah i it's yeah, not no, sure. well he's hitting nothing. he's hitting 217 on the year so i'm like his on-base percentage is 295 and his ops is 628 which is literally like 115 points lower than the the major league average i mean he's he is a zero offensively which there's going to be people that are going to come on like terry terry's done this and i think because he's done it in the past he's not doing it right now but there would there would be many people that if i tweeted Leon sucks offensively right now. There, there would be people that say, "Yeah, well, he means a lot defensively." So you know, I, and I understand that. I just don't think it overcomes his inability. He, I mean, he is a total. He's an automatic out, which is the worst thing you could say about a major league baseball player, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, mean, it, but look how bad we were without him. You know, and I know you're not a personal catcher guy, but the coincidence is pretty sharp. And I think I think three out of every five starts allows Vasquez to to give you what he's been giving you. So I still think the balance is is really good there. And I, I don't blame you for you know calling him out because it wasn't a good series for him. But I don't know. I'm still I still like him. <laughs> 
He's not my favorite catcher, but I I like him. Greatest backup catcher of all time. Why? Come on. Why do you like him? Why do you like him? What what is with this guy? I I mean, what's our other option, though? So we have Vasquez. We need another. We need another catcher. So we have Boston. Have whoever you want. That's what's so annoying about the situation. And maybe Swihart wasn't the wasn't the answer, but I'm sorry. There's got to be. There's. Yeah, there just you're has to, to get, be, keep your elite pitchers happy as well, right? And Leon makes them happy. That's obvious and apparent. I wonder how how happy Sale is, and the starts that he's lost two to one when he's got <laughs> the lineup going over four every time. Or the I'm fact just, that he know, doesn't have a win at Fenway yet. This season? Yeah. No, no, I mean, because, look, you can have a personal catcher situation, like in Mirabelli with Wakefield, which is, by the way, the only excusable personal catcher situation I can rationalize in my brain. If you're losing games the way Chris Sale's been losing them, I don't give a fuck who the personal catcher is. Like, I, I, I'd go to, if I was Chris Sale, I'd go to Corey and be like, look, put the best nine in lineup out there. I'm sick of losing two to one. I'm sick of I'm sick of going 110 pitches, 15 strikeouts, one walk, one earned run, and getting a loss because we can't score any runs while I'm in the game. Like Vasquez is a run producing catcher. He's one of the best run producing catchers in baseball. It makes no sense to me. But anyways, that's you know. Well, I mean, he was terrible with with Vasquez though, and as amazing as he's been, his ERA is still three and a half. Chris Sale. So yeah, I don't. I think you're well, in the minority back with. From that. Start. with that one but that's fine let's uh i don't want to waste a ton of time on sandy leone um you know so uh who do you have stephanie for my zero it is shorin uh-huh. uh i know right. he's an unknown i know we've seen very very little of him but what i have seen i haven't enjoyed uh today also, even Remy commented about it, how he kept shaking off Vasquez, but then he's walking people and throwing balls. So maybe he should listen to his uh, elite catcher. Just me. Um, so not not impressed. Not a fan. Hopefully he gets his shit together and comes out and throws another time and does well. But he's my zero. Kind of like uh Jeremy, there. Uh, it was a good series, even though it was against the Orioles. It was a good series, so I didn't have a lot to choose from. But uh, that kid's it for me. I don't know if he's a kid, so there's that. <laughs> he doesn't look like a major league player. He looks like an accountant oh, or somebody that yeah. would fix your computer. Yeah, could... there's a handful of the bullpen guys at this point that have come up and down and around, and that I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Like you could line them up and. I could tell you they pitch for us, but I couldn't tell you which one's which. They're, like, interchangeable at this point, and their numbers are, too. Yeah. So well, Schwarm has been a starter, you know, in Pawtucket, so I'm kind of surprised they went the bullpen route with him, and then in the last series they called up Darwin's and Hernandez, who has the highest walk rate in Major League Baseball, should probably be a reliever if he's getting called up. Right. So I feel like their right. roles are a little flipped. But um, today, like you said, you know, he gave up a hit, two walks, couldn't get through the inning. Josh Taylor right. had to come in with the bases loaded, which was kind of a freakout moment for me. Um, and But luckily Taylor got out of it and, you know, 
no damage uh, took place that inning, but... But I'm sure everybody at home's freaking out because, you know, Josh Taylor, yet another unknown and yet another hasn't been consistently impressive, so... Yeah, Taylor's ERA so far in a short sample size is 8.53, so he's been knocked around himself. And I think Schwarren could get there, but... Excuse me. But um, he's just his command has to be a little bit better, you know. So yeah, like I said, I I get that it's a really small sample size, and we haven't seen much, and he's definitely an unknown. But for me today, it was just like, come on, kid, like listen to your catcher at least. Any, uh, but I mean, but I mean, from his perspective, if he doesn't, if he knows he can't throw the pitch. And locate the pitch that Vasquez is asking him to throw. Then I guess there's that. So, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts, Jeremy? Before I get to mine. I mean, the only thing that I would follow up on with that is BJ's start today. Um, I mean, he wasn't, you know, great by any stretch. And and even on the broadcast, Jerry Jerry remarked that we're hoping to get five out of him today. They he they did not get that. They got three. An earned run. Um, you know, I, I, I thought he was sharp enough in his 70 pitches to give some hope that there's a fifth starter out there. And, you know, he's certainly not, you know, he's probably projects to be like a fourth starter on a good team or a fifth starter on a good team if he's going right. Um, but he definitely helps with the depth issue we've bitched about here for about a month in, in the back end of the rotation. And um, as they work him up to 100 pitches, which will probably be still another two starts away, um, it, what he did today was encouraging. Um, I'm not surprised they found a way to get him into the Orioles series against this shit club. Um, because, uh, you know, build confidence while allowing him to get some outs against some non-major league hitters. Um, and I think if he is becomes the fifth starter while we wait for Evaldi and some other things to take place, then then guys like, you know, Schwarin and uh, the other people we've talked about, uh, are, are the, the, the issues are less severe. Um, right. So for me, Brian Johnson provides a light at the end of the tunnel with the back end of the rotation depth that we, again, we have bitched about on every single podcast for a month. I, Longer than that. I think he's a fifth <laughs> starter at best. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lineup like if we had to slot him in against Minnesota, New York, um, you know, any any of the good teams, I think he would just get utterly destroyed. He, I wouldn't even like him in a bullpen role against those teams. You know, that's how little confidence. I mean, is he – but is he better than Ryan Weber? Probably. So – but I just I just don't think his future is uh, long term here with with the Red Sox, and he's out of options, so we can't you know hide him down on the farm. I was trying to get his uh, numbers from last year, but the tablet's being stupid. Um, well, let me just get into mine real quick. Uh, you know, if if we had lost a game, I'm probably not going with this guy. But I didn't like Vasquez today. You know, there was. A couple wild pitches that, you know, the most elite catcher probably isn't going to block, you know, including the one that ended up, you know, bringing the third base runner in. But, uh, and that was uh, Jonathan VR, by the way. But if you 
rewind uh, just a couple of minutes. Maybe I can't remember was that at bat or the one before. VR was on second, and I noticed Vasquez was kind of in that one instance. He lobbed the ball back to the pitcher, and like arced it up in the air and it looked like VR was waiting for it because as soon as that ball left Vasquez's hand he was off to third and they didn't even have a prayer and I meant to go back and uh, watch that part of the inning again to see if maybe he was doing that uh, you know during other pitches and and uh, I forgot to do it but VR was ready he kind of noticed something and and took off and I just didn't think it was the best day uh, behind the plate for him. Granted, he did have to deal. I think he caught a total of uh, six pitchers today, so that's a tough task. But I just wasn't thrilled with it. And there, you know, not not many. Um, I could have I could have went with Barnes because he's been struggling as of late. And had he been in against a better team on Saturday in that eighth inning, he probably blows the save there, but, um, but yeah, just a, just a tough series. Any thoughts? Before yeah. I, oh, go ahead. I love Vasquez. I think that whole little, uh, series of events was, was terrible. Uh, the steal from first to second, the steal from second to third. It was like, it was just an ugly little sequence of events. Um, but, I think he's fabulous, so I do not agree with your zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's yeah, I mean it's an inter- it's an interesting it's an interesting zero because I don't disagree with. I mean, I think people that right. watch baseball have to admit that it's. I mean, he's it wasn't good, no, right? Not good. But right. but at the same time, he goes two for. Uh, I'm sorry, he goes four for eleven with two runs and three RBIs. To raise his his uh, his uh, you know offensive numbers to two ninety hitting and eight oh two OPS, which you know it's it's an interesting situation and it, it sets up the argument well, which is well if you're going to get better defense from Leon but no offensive production, and then Vasquez is going to go through periods of time where he feels you almost feel like he's not paying attention defensively, but then he's clearly a plus offensively. Yeah, but uh, I think defensively too, he he's great. He picks off people like nobody's business, right? Yeah, no. I mean, look, I, he is. I think he's a good defensive player. Yeah, he's got a can, yeah. and he's he's got really quick feet for a catcher, and he clearly loves baseball. And to me, he's the absolute. He should be starting five games a week with Leon getting the other two. Um, and but Terry Terry's point is good. He had some lapses in the series defensively. Uh, he had some balls that you got. You're a major league catcher. You got to keep in front of you, and you you have to have a little bit more awareness. And he lacked right. that. So it's kind of an interesting situation. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, clearly based on what I've said so far today, uh, anyone could get this next take, which is he's the best guy for the Red Sox in that spot. And I think his health. Um, moving forward is a big part of them getting back in the race. Yeah, agreed. I think the differences between him and Leon and both being uh, zeros this week, I the differences that I think uh, Vasquez makes up for it, and it's just what you just said, Jeremy, he makes up for it. Like, he may make a mistake or uh, be caught sleeping for a minute, but he makes up for it offensively and 
Leon, he, he doesn't offer that. There's another thing that separates Leon from Vasquez. Um, a bad neck tattoo. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy. Just disagree that's, with that's me. That's why that you like... Can't. No, I'm <laughs> good. Like I'm not. I, so much. Neck tattoos, hand tattoos, face tattoos are all pretty dumb, but... You know, they're making well, the, a lot of money. So. Tattoo, and I don't want this to go into a tattoo segment, but yeah, please. I, I think it's his signature on his neck, which makes, like, to me, no sense. It's literally, and Vas, uh, Velasquez's tattoo, which I'm not exactly sure what it is, and if it's, like, you know, some, you know, something that's very important to him, I take it all back. But his has, has some, like, artwork to it. That literally, I think Sandy Leon went into a uh, tattoo parlor and was like, I'm going to sign my name. I'd like you to stencil it and put it on my neck. And that's I'm what he gonna, has. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's not his signature. It's got to be somebody important to him's signature or something, right? After, I'm going to have to go on to an investigation. Right. And now you're going to feel bad. It's like someone who he loved dearly who passed away. It's like their signature and his homage to them. That's everything <laughs> I say, Steph. I deserve the right to take back what I say. Okay. I did not read that disclaimer. So, and we digress. Oh, Terry. Oh, we already covered your zero. It was Vasquez. I just refuse to acknowledge it. Just yeah. Kidding. That's all good. Um, I hope we have the same problem next show with uh, the lack of uh, zeros. But um, getting into kind of the general segment now, um, Chris Sale concerned me a little bit. Uh, completely lost command in the sixth inning against the Orioles. We were hoping he might go, you know, seven or eight innings, knowing that Sunday, today, would uh, be a bullpen game, but it ended up being kind of a stressful uh, last few innings of that game. And I just hope he's all right. I just hope nothing happened at some point in the game or, or that he might be nursing something because we'll get into David Price in the in the series preview, but we can't have anything going wrong with him in the month of June. Yeah, I totally agree, but I'm hoping he just had a bad inning, right? Happens to the best of us. Yeah, I missed the point because I'm in a Google. I'm in <laughs> You're a Googling tattoos. for the tattoo on his neck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just concerned, you know, that sale. Harry's concerned about Chris Dale and his health, Jeremy. Oh, because of the the sixth inning where he just totally yeah. lost it. Yeah, I mean, we Terry and I texted about that, and I think we both like basically said the exact same thing uh, almost simultaneously, because he was good in that game and then just didn't have it. And uh, one of the things that I think Terry brought up, and again I agree with, is the unnecessary complete game against Kansas City. You just start to worry about those extra bullets that you just don't need. Um, he's a guy that needs to be taken out. Uh, uh, an inning too early, not an inning too late in June. And for whatever reason, that's not happening. Probably because he wants to be back where he was. He wants to start winning, you know, be later in games to win the game, you know, s stuff like that. But um, I, I actually texted Terry, and I agree to this day that I think that they should find a spot for him to skip a start in the next, like, two or three 
starts. And I don't. The problem with it right now is without Evaldi, it's like, well, if you're going to skip a start, it, you know, it has to be in a week where they have an off day um, because you, you know you you just can't. Um, there's no one to replace him. That gives you a chance to win. So it, it, we're in a tough spot. But I, I, I think, you know, forest for the trees here, or trees for the forest, whatever this, the phrase is, you, you got to give him a blow. And I'm a huge advocate of whether it not be this start, especially if he's has that same situation happen again. But, you know, in his next two or three outings, I'd like to see him miss one. Uh, so that's where I'm at with it. Road management. Yeah, and they haven't really done a good job at that. I mean, it was a nice concept at the beginning of the season, and now that we're into it, it just doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. And, and you know, if one of these guys does shit the bed and goes on the DL, you know, that we're going to circle back to why the hell they didn't embrace it like they said they would. So just a, a little bit of a, a concern there. Uh, bullpen still pretty shaky. Um, Matt Barnes, I don't know what his deal is, but you know he goes out and for the most part doesn't really get hurt too bad. But it's been quite a while since he's gone out and just been absolutely locked in and struck out the side or just had a one two three. He's laboring through all of his appearances, and I'm just kind of waiting for the floor to drop and. You know, you, you have your ner- nervous moments with uh, Workman at times, and and Walden isn't quite as sharp as he was. He was charged with an earn run today, and I just, you know, we're, we're probably going to be beating a dead horse here within the next few weeks, but... Red Sox need to make a move fast. They need to figure out what it is. I don't know if you move on from Bradley while he's in a... You know, he's in a seven-game hitting streak. One of our best producers of the last three weeks. You know, maybe it's time to just see what you can get, you know, for him. Or I'd hate to move a high-end prospect. But, you know, if we're going to catch the Yankees, then I just... This bullpen, as it's currently constituted, probably isn't going to get us there. Well, that and the Yankees found a way to get better with Edward Encarnacion um, being acquired from Seattle. Um, my immediate reaction was to think, well, okay, Stanton or Judge or somebody that's coming back is not coming back. Terry's position, and you know, I don't, I, you know, how much I hate to put words in his mouth, but um, <laughs> his position is they 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 basically got him to keep him from the Red Sox. Well, where? I, with what prospects were we going to get Edwin Encarnacion? Um, I don't think I don't think Terry's necessarily wrong, um, but uh, you know they've gotten better and they're going to continue to get better as they get Severino back, Stanton back, Judge back, Didi gets healthy. You know it, it's a problem and um, it. Uh, I, we talked about it on the last podcast. So I don't want to say it too much here, but what wh- what do you have to get the arms you need to to build the bullpen into something that can compete with a team like the Yankees? Nothing is the answer. I think what you have to hope for is teams that have some depth in the bullpen to to fail toward, as we go towards the trade deadline so that the stock drops on the players on expiring deals. And even then, 
you assume the other contenders are going to have more than you have, but that's the only way. Yeah. Wait until the last possible minute when the stock is the lowest and pull the trigger. But let's say that does happen, and let's say almost any other programs in it, they're going to have more than you. It's Again, I see now I'm getting pissed about Dombrowski again, but um, <laughs> so the stuff, you know. Maybe we That's get a fault, maybe we get a starter, and then Avaldi is is the guy that goes in. But um, don't hate that idea at all. Don't with, hate that idea at all. With uh, Encarnacion, though, it wouldn't have been the Red Sox with him specifically. He probably would have went to Tampa Bay, and they were connected with him all off season, and just never pulled the trigger for whatever reason. Maybe they couldn't work the money out because you know he's getting twenty a year. But um, the Yankees only gave up, I think, they gave up a pitching prospect or something that is going to, it was, he wasn't in their top 30, but Seattle's farm system is so weak that he'll, he'll be a top 15 to top 20, um, you know, prospect in their system. And I forget how the money uh, works. I, I, Thought I read that they were splitting it, but then maybe the Yankees are only picking up three million of it, and I think it it was partially done to to block, you know, the most likely the Rays or the Red Sox, and you know, looking at what it does to their team, you know, you're gonna have he has to be a DH. I mean, you could put him at first on a random game, but that's where uh, Voight is gonna play. So, and you can't put Encarnacion in the outfield, so that forces Stanton to play left. Judge is going to play right, and both these guys might be back either late this week or at some point next week. So, those guys are in the corners. You're still going to have Hicks uh, in center for the most part. And at this point, Gardner's the, the odd man out, and he's been a steady producer. He could probably use a, a few more games off. You know, he's getting up there in age. He's the longest tenured Yankee. He's been there since 2009. But um, they didn't need Encarnacion. They have plenty of depth, and, you know, and they could have, they could have, kept I don't know if Gio Urshela is still up he was playing third but they could have you know it's just it's just a mess right now and a bit of a log jam but we're gonna pay the price for it and last season they did the same thing with Zach Britton they didn't need Zach Britton they by far had the best bullpen in the division without him having Robertson uh, Batances had a great year last year, and uh, Chapman, and they still had some serviceable guys: Tommy Canley, Chad Green. Uh, you know, it was a very good bullpen, but they knew the Red Sox were were in the market for a reliever, and and so they snagged him up. And the Red Sox had a tentative deal with the Nationals for Kelvin Herrera, and it was tentatively agreed on, and then. The Nationals backed out at the last second. So both players would have commanded a similar package. They were both three-month rentals. And, you know, the Yankees, Cashman, it's smart. He, he, you know, it was a smart move on his part. And, and Encarnacion, I guess he doesn't have great numbers in the last two years. A, a 1.79 ERA against most of our starters, if not all of them. But... 
historically Fenway is a place he absolutely mashes. I was at a game where he hit a three-run shot off David Price, and you know we never got in it after that. So, um, hate to I legitimately hate to see it that one. And uh, Sam McLeod at the Sam McLeod asked us what we thought of that via DM, and he's from Scotland, so. Just figure I'd give him a shout out, but but I don't know. What, what are you guys' thoughts? The Yankees are better than us, and they're going to continue to get better than us as they are proactive in doing things like they did last night, <clears throat> and then getting people healthy. And it's concerning, and it's one of the reasons why I look at the wild card standings every night and not the AL East. Um, they and, need and pitching though, like they do have to address that. That's that is one thing that I've said for years that they're just they're starting pitching's a problem. But if they, I don't think personally they're built to win in the postseason. But they don't have to win in the postseason to fuck your season up. <laughs> so so if they win the East and you have to go play Texas or the Double Rays, and they shut you down in an opener situation and you lose and you're out and then they get swept in the ALDS because they don't have any starting pitching, that still fucks your season up. Right. So, I mean, no, they're not built for the postseason. To, to win in the postseason, you have to have three legitimate starters, a fourth guy that can, you know, basically do what Evaldi did last. I mean, that's how it always works out. Um, and they don't have that. And they're, but, I, but I don't care about who's going to win the World Series unless it's the Red Sox. And I don't think the Yankees are... World Series contenders, but I do think they're 95 wins and could could steal the East from you if you don't get your shit right here pretty quick. Yeah, so, so they're not World Series contenders, but they're they're dream they're tournament killers is what we used to call them, but dream killers, right? They're not oh, there. Yeah. They're not there to win the series. They're there there to make sure we don't win the series. Well, I don't know what they're doing as far as trying to win the World Series because right, they're not going right. to win the World Series with the way their starting pitching is. But right. as far and, and look, I, I, there, there are so many things I could care less about than the than the New York fucking Yankees <laughs> and their stupid fan base. But their overall success doesn't bother me. What, yeah, well, whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> the 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 thing that bothers me is what they can do in a regular season when they slug like crazy. And if they can get a lead in the fourth inning, they start rolling bullpen arms out there that you can't beat. Right. And, you know, fine, that's not a recipe for success to win a World Series, but it's a recipe for success to win the AL East. And, you know, we absolutely have to address it. And I don't think we're capable of it because we have no options. And we're being run by a toupee with a smile. I don't actually think he has a toupee, but sometimes it looks fake. Uh, I'm also bald, so it hits home a little bit. Oh, my. But a team with a smile cannot build a bullpen. Like, he has decades of track where he cannot build a bullpen. He can't. It prevented the Tigers from winning a, a World Series when they were absolutely loaded with Verlander and, and the height of Miguel Cabrera and, and Torrey Hunter was still an elite player. I mean, that team was stacked. That bullpen sucked. It always sucked. Every one of Dombrowski's bullpen sucks. And frankly, the fact that the Red Sox won the World Series last year was almost in spite of his ability to build a shitty bullpen. I mean, you know, one time for me, Dombrowski, what's so difficult about it? I really don't understand. He's got like a mental block over it. it pisses me off. 
with the Yankees, uh, the theory now that they have uh, Encarnacion, um, their prospect there, uh, Clint Frazier, who's mashed. It has double-digit home runs, over 30 RBIs, something like that. Uh, got option today and had some interesting comments about it uh, after the game. But um, he's likely going to be the centerpiece of a trade. You know, he's a defensive nightmare right now, so whatever team he does go to will have to uh, address that. But the Yankees are pretty well positioned to make a trade. The sexy name out there right now is Max Scherzer. I talked to Chris Saunders earlier. He doesn't expect Scherzer to be in play. I um, DM'd a uh, blogger for uh, District on Deck, which is a Nationals blog through uh, Fansided, and uh, his name's Monty Taylor. He also does not expect Max Scherzer to be dealt either. Uh, he's owed a lot of money. I don't think I don't think a team could ask the Nationals to eat money on that contract because he's playing to his value. Like He's pitching like a $30 million a year guy. His ERA is under two in his last several starts. And, uh, you know, perennial side young guy. So I don't see whoever takes him is going to take the full amount. And the, the thing that I'm kind of fixated on is Mike Rizzo, their GM that probably should have been fired at least one season ago, if not two seasons ago. He's on his fourth manager right now with Davey Martinez. Um, if he deals Scherzer, that's like the ultimate white flag moment, and he probably gets fired at the end of the year. So all the more reason I, I don't see Scherzer getting dealt. Um Mass and Bumgarner is the most talked about name, and you know he's basically a rental. Shouldn't cost a ton. He's not the you know the World Series guy he was, though. Still, you know, a, a top of the rotation guy, no worse than a number two. And uh, so he's out there. Maybe Trevor Bauer uh, gets dealt. I tried to text uh, Jesse Friedman, who's our Diamondbacks guy that comes on and I wanted to see if maybe uh, Robbie Ray could be dealt but um, no response back on him I think Ray has two more years after this and as you know a top of the rotation guy he's got a three and a half year Ray so I'm just kicking names out there I expect the Yankees to be in play on one of these guys Severino still throwing on flat ground and would probably need I don't know. He'd be a month away, you know, after he does get on a mound, uh, assuming there's no setbacks. And and so Hap has pitched like crap. CC Sabathia is fit for retirement, just getting absolutely shelled. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on someone. Tanaka, uh, I'm sure, is probably solid. But, but they need to make a move and... Um, it's it's just curious as to how soon it will be because some people are waiting for it to basically be soon now that you know the lineup is about to be reinforced with Stanton and Judge once again and there's no apparent need for Clint Frazier so I didn't mean to be so long winded there. No worries. 
Yeah, I mean, look, um, but you know, regardless, the the Yankees are a problem, as are the Double Rays, for various, for varying different reasons. I mean, you know, look, the Yankees have so much talent that they've lost like six key guys, and they're still in first. The Double Rays are doing it with a, a, what I would consider a, a lack of talent. Um, and you know overachieving but they play hard and i think they got a manager who's on to some things that other people aren't on to so we've got a lot as a as the red Sox. uh you know they have a lot to do to overcome the problems and hopefully they can build off the the orioles series the only problem with that is they're walking into minnesota tomorrow at 8 10 and they're facing a team that is better than us there's no question in my mind that they're better than us. Um, uh, and if we can find a way to win two out of three, uh, you know, I, I then I would be optimistic. I would go streaking but, if we won two out of three. <laughs> well, Terry, I don't and, think anyone wants to see that. And live wow, guys. Um, please don't live stream that. Um, <laughs> so in game one, uh, Jose Barrios, who has been really – he's eight and two with a – 3.01 ERA. Uh, he's been good. He's been really good. This team is really good against Porcello, who's been Rick Porcello. You know, keeps you in games. You know, typically. Uh, I think we lose tomorrow night. Any any thoughts, uh, Stefan Terrence, on the Barrios versus Porcello matchup? No, I. I I agree with you. I think we lose tomorrow night. I think Rick has been good, but Rick keeps giving. He keeps having at least one or two rough innings. Um, so I think he has a rough first or second inning. They get some runs on us, and we can't we can't make it up. I don't know that I would say definitely. I mean, I'm not comfortable with any game, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> I I wouldn't necessarily go out on the limb and say it's, it's a loss. I mean, Texas was a tough team. Porcello went pretty deep in that one I think six and two-thirds after getting knocked around in his two starts previous to that against the Rays and the Yankees so you know who knows and last year uh, Porcello two starts uh, first one was on uh, June 21st went seven innings uh, only one hit one walk struck out five pretty solid there not quite as uh, good in his July start, you know, five and two-thirds, five hits, four and runs, struck out five again, did get the win, though. Uh, so, you know, he's had, you know, moderate success. Barrios. Well, he probably got the win because our bullpen was better. Or we just, you know, Mookie and JD were just lights out Killing as well. Him. Yeah, he, had, he right. probably had some run support. Um, Barrios. Pretty solid numbers against us last year. Went six and a third, seven hits, one earned run, struck out seven on June 19th. Had a little bit of a regression like Porcello did in his July start. Four and two-thirds, nine hits, three earned runs, walked three, struck out six. So uh, he's, you know, got ace potential, and, you know, they've been waiting for him to kind of break out this so far, could be that year, as Jeremy said, ERA just a tick over three. So, I mean, it just, both both pitchers are going to be walking a tightrope, and I think I think it's going to be the most robust lineup is going gonna, is gonna to decide that game. So, um, 
I, it's it's close. I you know I don't think either what team. What you pick? Uh, I'm you know what? Fuck it. I'm picking the Red Sox. <laughs> oh my god! In a rare turn of events. Yeah, it's close. It's close. All right. What about game two? Well, in game two, we got David Price, uh, who should be well rested, mm-hmm. coming off his most uh, recent pathetic start, which we hit on a lot in the last podcast. So I don't know how much I want to beat that dead horse, but he sucked. Uh, he gave us no chance. The the lineup in the bullpen absolutely bailed us out. Awesome win. Uh, but he should be sharp in this game um, versus a guy that the Red Sox destroyed when he was with the Yankees, Michael Pineda. For those that are going to remember the incident and maybe not the names involved, Michael Pineda is the guy who got popped on Sunday Night Baseball in a primetime game with pine tar on his neck. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, this guy has an elite fastball. He doesn't really command the ball well. Um, you, you, it, To me, he's always been a guy where it's like he should be better than his numbers and production are. Um, but again, like I said, the Red Sox have historically hit him pretty well, I believe, although Terry, I'm sure if I'm wrong, is ready for it with a bunch of stats. So, um, you know, I, this is a game where I think that if I had confidence in any one game, this would be it, uh, because I think David will bounce back and I, and I think we'll get, find a way to get Pineda out of this game early or, or out of the game early plus a big lead. So this is the one where I think we're going to win, um, so I have them losing the series, uh, dropping two games. This is the game we win. Um, uh, Price, ahead, yeah, I mean, Price is coming off of a, a terrible start, one and one-third, gave up six uh, earned, you know, in that brief appearance. Pineda is actually better this year than his numbers might suggest. He does have a 5.04 ERA, but most of that was in his first handful of starts. He has had seven straight uh, quality starts, and uh, we haven't faced him since late uh, 2017, and he actually did go seven scoreless in that appearance, but um, he missed all of uh, 2018 due to injury, so I'm kind of surprised he's been on this recent run, and I think I think it just it's going to come down to David Price. You know, if he... If he pitches like he did, you know, through, you know, late April and much of the month of May, I think I would give the Sox the edge there. Absolutely. Uh, He had one start against them in uh, 2018. Price did, Um, you know, kind of, you know, a bit of a struggle. He gave up seven hits. Three earned runs, uh, walked one, struck out only three over those six innings. Um, so, and he just didn't, you know, his turn didn't come up in the in the July um, series. But, uh, and he didn't face them at all in 2017 either. Uh, so, it just depends. I, I mean, what, what are, David Price are we getting? You know, because he, he's had a weird last four or five weeks you know he had the astro start where he left because he was apparently sick and you know and then the texas start so you know i'm hoping we get angry on the rebound david price that's who i think we're gonna get i think we're gonna get david price who feels like he has something to prove because he only pitched one and a third in his last outing and i think he's gonna come out and pitch 
amazing. Well, all I'll say about it is I do not think after his last outing, um, he still holds all the cards. <laughs> so this is a big start for him <laughs> against a, against oh, a big man. team, against a good team, and this game means a lot, especially if they lose game one, which is going to happen. So um, I, I do expect him to bounce back. He's been good. He bounced back after the mysterious flu-like symptoms in the Astros start. Um, and I think he'll be good in this game. Um, and I like that he's matched up against Pineda, in my opinion. Um, I think that the Sox will push him to, you know, pitch in the strike zone. And by the time he gets there, you know, I, I think I think he, I'd be surprised if we see Pineda in the sixth inning of this game. So that's where I'm at with it. Game three is <clears throat> Eduardo Rodriguez. Sorry, a little frog in my throat there. <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, who was my hero. Um, I hope against hope that the the extra inning and going to 114 pitches does not affect his productivity in this start. I think it's a real and present danger, though. Uh, And he's going against a guy, Kyle Gibson, who's been really good as well. Seven and three with a 3.70 ERA. Um, He had, I think he's coming off a start where he had eight shutout innings. Um, you know, he's been really, really good. 3.02 ERA in his last eight starts. So he's even better than his 3.7 ERA suggests, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, so game three, I think, will be the ultimate determining factor on what which team won, wins the series. Steph or, or uh, Terrence, who do you think wins this game and why? Uh, well... Another tough one. Not none of these games are are obvious either way. I mean, you know, Gibson is having uh, a career year. Basically, uh, he pitched very well against us last year. Six innings pitched in one start, uh, only gave up two earned runs. Eight innings pitched in the July start, only uh, one earned run there. Struck out seven. So. He's coming off of a, a great start, like you said, Jeremy. Eight scoreless innings, albeit against the Royals, but um, but he's had success against us in the past, and um, I just yeah, I just don't know. Erod uh, didn't pitch against them at all last year. Uh, uh, he missed the uh, June turn and uh, was on the DL uh, by the time we faced him the second time. Uh, last pitched against them in 2017, uh, six innings pitched, three runs. So uh, it's a much different team than it was two years ago. So I, I don't know how much we can really go on that. Um, Erod typically shows up, so that's kind of what I'm counting on. And it's just it's an absolutely explosive offense and that the Twins have and you got to figure the bullpen's going to be a huge factor in one of these games. And I don't know if it'll be with Rodriguez because he doesn't, you know, compared to Price and Porcello, doesn't tend to go too deep into games. But it's the ultimate test. It's the ultimate test, let's put it that way. And if we come out of this with two out of three, we might look You're at streaking, this. so there's that. <laughs> there's that. I was trying to forget about that already so that everybody else would forget about it. But, We're not um, forgetting. But this could be the turning point, you know, coming off of a sweep of Baltimore, 
We took two out of four against Texas. Um, this could be the turning point in the season if this series goes well. So are we going two out of three, Terrence? I don't even know. I, <laughs> I, I, we might get swept. I, I have no idea. I think our offense is going to show up and provide run support for Erod, and we're going to win the third game and carry momentum with us to see the Blue Jays. But I will probably talk to you all next Sunday and be sad, so there's that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they're going to lose this series. I'm sorry, they're going to lose this series. We can make the predictions, but it's like, I don't know. What one team plays hard and has overachieved, and one team doesn't and has underachieved. And I've already said it: the sweep of the bad team is not an indication that they're trending in the correct direction because they they swept the Royals. And what what did that mean? Nothing. Literally yeah. nothing. So, no, um, and, 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 and by the way, the Twins have two of their top guys in this, in this start, and, uh, and, they, and vice versa, we miss sale. Um, so, but so, it would, would it be fair, Jeremy, that if they played well and somehow won the series, right, would it be fair to say they're, they're on their way back at that point? When when do we get to say that? Obviously not sweeping the Orioles. I get that. I'm with you on that one. But when do we I mean I think it? it's a big I think it's a big if that they that they win this series. I really no, do. I'd is, be I'd but... be surprised. But but if they do Yeah. Again, who you beat matters. So if you sweep the Royals and the Orioles who are no, literal dumpster fires. I mean they're right. literal dumpster fires. They are joke franchises. That does not mean as much as winning two or three from the twins. Or winning a series against the Yankees or whatever maybe this maybe the good team in the hypothetical situation. But if if they win this series, like you're gonna see a happy Jeremy Schilling on Wednesday night. It's there's no question about it. Happy so, Jeremy Schilling, a streaking Terrence Cushman. Wow. I'm really fat, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start a GoFundMe to pay Terry to not do that. If they start, if they if like, if we split the first two and we're up like three nothing in the eighth, I'm starting to GoFundMe in the eighth inning to pay Terry to not do whatever he thinks he's gonna do. Oh, yeah, um, you know, all of our concerns are well founded. I just, I. I'm not drinking the punch. You know, every time we've swept someone, no I'm like, drinking the punch. I'm like, we're back. And Christian Vasquez said exactly that. I was just reading through. I know, some of I my, saw that. Yeah, he Vasquez thinks we're about to go on a run, so I hope he's right. Um, you know, he's going to be catching two out of three of these games by the looks of it, uh, other than tomorrow. But, um, but like I said, this could be the turning point. We got a soft series against Toronto after. I forget how the rest of the month goes, but we don't really have a tough series until the two London games, which are like the 29th and 30th, or the 30th and the 1st of July, something like that. The Yankees are, um, you know, our next big team, and we haven't played well against them. And I know they have the Astros coming up. That might that if that's not their next series, it's the one after. And then the other team they have is is pretty tough. And they're sputtering right now because their pitching sucks. So if we can come out of this two out of three, we can kind of cruise through the end of the month. And if we can take both those London games, and that might be a big if, 
we <laughs> that's could definitely be, a big if. we could be sitting pretty i had a tweet like maybe a week or so ago by now it was before the texas series i said i said a case can be made for the red sox to be in first place by the end of this month by the way, the Yankees yeah, were sputtering. Yeah. The Rays have sputtered. So the Red Sox just need to step up. They need to beat. They need to play like the defending champs. And if they do it, you know, maybe we're not in the lead, but maybe we're just a game or two out. And we're five you and a half out some, right now. You said something though that the 2018 Red Sox could do, but the 2019 Red Sox don't seem to be able to do, and that's cruise through a series. We have Marco I Hernandez mean, yeah, we now. swept the Orioles, but there were times when all of us, I wasn't in your guys' uh, group text, so I'm a little mad about it, but I'll be okay. But there's times while we were playing the Orioles, who we all agree are a minor league team at best, that we were scared we were going to lose to them. So this team does know cruising. The 2019 Red Sox have to scrap. We're scrapping for every friggin' win. We scrap to sweep the Orioles. What happened to you, uh, Stephanie? Well, we jaded Stephanie. Well, look. <laughs> I'm angry now. <laughs> you guys well, are wearing off on me. <laughs> so Toronto sucks. So if you can win the series against Minnesota, and as I'm saying it, I'm it's seems so far fetched. But let's say even if you don't win the Minnesota series, you then have Toronto, who absolutely sucks. And then you have Chicago, who's thirty four and thirty six, which is actually for me, they're playing better, a significant overachievement for them. Like they're not, you know, that talented. They have a bunch of young guys, um, but you know, you can you can beat them. And then the weird trip to London, which I fucking hate. Yeah, I don't um, think it at all. I don't. But let's say let's good. say let's say you split those games fine, and then you come back. You get a ton of rest. Not obviously, they have to do a bunch of traveling, but you play next Wednesday. You don't play again till Saturday. You play Sunday, and then you don't play again till Tuesday in Canada against Toronto, who again sucks, and then Detroit, who has the second worst run differential in Major League Baseball after the Orioles. So, I mean, you have a real opportunity here where if you can manage the travel to London. You, I mean, you really. There's a chance here. You're ten or 15, ten to twelve games over five hundred by the end of the month. The key is this series, guys. The key is this fucking series. This is a huge. Okay. It's so important. Terry's dead on right. The, the 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 schedule sucks. So if you can win this series, you set up for that whole dumpster fire list of teams minus the London trip, uh, really really well. I'm trying to get the... uh, Everyone pray that Terry gets the streak. That's what I heard out of that. Yankees have uh, Tampa Bay starting tomorrow uh, at home, unfortunately. And then they have Houston at home. So, um, you know, it could be a bad week for them potentially. So hopefully hopefully it happens. Um, All right. So, well, I guess we'll just leave it at that for now. Um, I do want to mention, though, David Ortiz has uh, made more progress. He's texting members of the Red Sox. Can't wait for them to visit. I know he and uh, Nunez were texting back and forth. They're on the road, obviously, so um, that won't happen until they get home. Uh, There are up to they are they've arrested 10 uh, suspects. So far, I was trying to go through this recent article, 
apparently I just... thought I saw a tweet today that said tw- or something somewhere today that said they were up to 12 now okay well this was as Which of is... 3 50 p.m so that was a while ago so it could very well be up to 12 um they're closing in on the um the basically the person who ordered the hit uh, according to the cnn article um so just it's still somewhat fluid but you know he's getting healthier the one thing that still bothers me is we know the names of all the suspects we know the name of the woman kind of at the center of this but we don't know the name of the drug lord and so i'm just you know i'm just wondering hopefully the the dominican police aren't gonna protect that other guy do anything shady you know, I, I'm just, I'm not familiar with their government. I don't know what their record is. Uh, but it's just interesting that w- we know all the other players, but we don't know him. Um, so we'll, we'll just see what, what happens. I did also see another article where a lot of these guys, the plan was hatched while some of them were in jail. <laughs> yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, so interesting uh, hopefully we, we get the full story that's what i was trying to convey um, we're never gonna get the full story probably not but i <laughs> no way i i hate to think that you know one of the most important players in in the history of our franchise was worth an eight thousand dollar bounty and we didn't get to the bottom of it you know that justice you know to the fullest degree didn't get um you know served but any thoughts on Ortiz, Jeremy, before we uh, take off for the night? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't. I'm not up to speed on the updates. Um, I'm just happy that one, he's clearly getting better, and two, they are arresting the people that they at least believe were involved in it in some capacity. So, um, you know, like I said on the last podcast, that's really the, the only two things I care about, and I have not um, heard any of the other stuff and i haven't searched it out and it hasn't slapped me in the face so that's just where i'm at with it no that's fine you know maybe by uh this is a three game set so we'll be back wednesday but um yeah maybe maybe more uh will come out you know between now and then so all right so we'll just cross our fingers that somehow we uh wind up with two wins here even if we don't deserve them uh, and, uh, you know, try to set up for that Yankees series here in a couple weeks. So, I'll, uh... All right, guys. Have a great evening. Good night, Red Sox Nation. So, episode... 143 in the books. Red Sox swept Baltimore, did their jobs. Like I said, I did not think they would uh, win today's game. They did. So that was a good sign. And, uh, you know, the team, despite the fact it was the Orioles, fired on all cylinders. So hopefully we carry that uh, momentum into Minnesota and, uh, Porcello gets us off to a good start. So everyone uh, have a good evening and uh, have a good start to your work week. And we will catch you Monday night. Take care.